got a breaking court update with AB InBev and Constellation because there's that many court cases right now. Southern Tier is going to save you 90 minutes on your next homebrew. And the ultimate St. Patty's Day guide for all the Guinness beers they make. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. If all the craft beer news were packed into a triple, quadruple hopped mango papaya milkshake IPA with marshmallow and sprinkles, we'd be the beardy motherfucker waiting in line for six hours to get it while quaffing a triple, double, cryo hash, knife hit, gravity bong IPA with coffee tea and what the hell, Jolly Ranchers and caramel. I'm Jeremy Jones. Did you have CPG chat fucking basically <laughs> write up that intro? Because that sounds like an AI like funded intro. I'm experimenting. I, I, why do should I do all the work when there's now robots to do it for me? Um, I can. Spend, they took our jobs. I can spend less time writing stupid intros and more time masturbating. <laughs> what are we drinking today? I am drinking the lumber juice from Weldworks and Great Notion Brewing. It's a hazy double IPA with extra oats and milk sugar. <laughs> way to way to go ahead and prove my uh, uh, my intro valid. <laughs> way to be that guy, Tyler. Just way to be. <laughs> well, I figured Weldworks is new to town because Scout brought him in, That's and fair. they had a cute little raccoon dressed as a lumberjack slamming open a beer on the label. So. On a couple of the, I, I, uh, we got the Weldworks in the shop, and I, as I'm looking through some of the sours they brought in, I, I do want to do a public service announcement um, to all the breweries out there. Stop putting candy in beer, okay? They're going to think you're marketing to children. There's like a, well, there's a sour with... raccoon? <laughs> I mean, there's that. There's a sour with fruity pebbles, marshmallows, lactose, sugar. I mean, it's just... Like, it's, they're gonna think you're marketing to kids, okay? <laughs> also, seeing on this label, it says, keep cold, drink now. The first thing that popped into my head is, so if I keep this out at room temperature, is it gonna blow up? And if it is going to, get your shit in order, Weldworks, and fucking great notion. Because beer should not explode, and... Keep cold, drink now. Shouldn't be like a valid protection. Like, no, get your shit together. Don't fucking have your cans explode. And I almost bought a separate can just to try to get it to explode to see if it would. Um, uh, we got Untitled Art uh, not too long ago, and um, one of, and some of their cans um, after a couple of months um, in refrigeration uh, uh, started to. They didn't. They didn't burst in the can. But when you opened them, they would make a mess. Was it their NA or their normal? No, it's one of their normal ones. It was one of their sa- oh. it was one of their it was one of their uh, slushy sours. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> Can we just get rid of that style? I think we. I, I, I'm. I, I'm in favor, Tyler. We, I second it. All opposed. Nay. Who no, said that? No votes there. <laughs> uh, all right. Motion passes. We're, we're, we've banned it. We we hereby have uh, 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 banned slushy sours. Okay. Uh, next order of business. What are we starting with, Jeremy? Or what are you drinking, actually? <laughs> um, I'm getting so I'm 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 getting a little bit festive. I've uh, cracked open a Sullivan's Irish Red. 
Um, and then later a Guinness for uh, 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 for for a story all about that. Um, this one is a uh, Irish Red from Kilkenny, uh, and it is everything an Irish Red should be: nice, very crisp, uh, touch of caramel, just like a hint of uh, light fruit, uh, dry, slightly roasty finish. This is uh, a, a an amber you can chug a six pack of. Nice. Uh, well, speaking of chugging, what do we got to start? Fuck it, it's all beer news now. Uh, this comes from Reuters by Blake Britton. Uh, the funniest trial of the century has arrived with a verdict. Uh, we've talked about it a lot leading up to this decision, but I feel like it's worth going over one more time because it's just that delicious. In 2013, AB Bev bought Grupo Modelo, who in turn owns Corona, but... In order to get that deal done without running afoul of those pesky antitrust laws, the few that are still being enforced, they divested their rights to sell beer in the United States to Constellation. This came a, Then came the year of seltzer, and Bud Light rolled out its line of hard seltzer, uh, the same beer that the th- same seltzers that people actually think are beer. That you know, check check the uh, check back next week. Despite po- uh, despite Post Malone's best efforts, people still think it's beer, and that's been a, a cr- on their side ever since. Anywho. Krona also comes out with its own line of seltzer, and the end result is that AB, AB InBev finds itself competing with a brand they already own. This culminated into a lawsuit, which is just the chef's kiss of beer business stupidity. AB InBev found themselves in a jury trial trying to convince a, a jury that beer and seltzer are different. And thus, Constellation would be in violation of their contract. Constellation arguing that while the product itself may be different for other legal, for any other legal purposes, beer and seltzer are the same thing. Well, raise a beer or a seltzer because it doesn't fucking matter anymore, according to a jury in Manhattan that made the decision uh, to quote to quote this podcast. It's all beer. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> The jury. We always knew seltzer <laughs> would be lumped into it's all beer because we talked about saying fuck it, it's all seltzer. Uh, <laughs> the jury so. accepted Constellation's argument that license the license to distribute beer under Modelo and Corona brands, the Modelo and Corona brand name, did indeed cover hard seltzer. Uh, legally, they are the same thing, which actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, there are. Countries out there with very strict definitions about what is and what isn't beer. Germany, I'm looking in your direction. But here in the good old US of A, it's all about ABV. Um, in that ca- in the case, there is beer, there is wine, and there is liquor. Um, whatever actually went into these products literally does not fucking matter. You could... And Except it d- for spirits-based, ready-to-drink seltzers and cocktails. Okay, that is yeah, that is the one instance where it, that where you do run afoul. But I mean, that's where you get into that fiddly like, uh, um, yeah, it's liquor in something. Okay, watered down enough that it's only five percent. <laughs> um, so there is that. But I mean, um, but also you can a breweries can brew a beer past five percent ABV, and you're it's taxed as wine. That's quite common. Um, I think it's actually in Idaho. It's past. Four and a half or four point seven is technically taxed as wine. I mean, I'm sen- yeah, essentially, I think every beer you actually get, for all intents and purposes, in Idaho is probably wine. Um, I think basically, if the beer is four and a half percent ABV or something like that, it's taxed as beer. Because I mean, outside of that, it's taxed as wine. 
because the government, all they care about is if you're getting wine level fucked up, pay wine taxes, bitch. Um, and also the state of Idaho writes the laws where it's alcohol by weight, not alcohol by volume. Oh, even better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to do that conversion. Uh, what does this mean for the industry? Well, the decision came out yesterday. Um, I'm sure the Revlet news agencies have already ordered their transcripts or are pouring over them as if they were the goddamn Zabruder film. Um, <laughs> the juiciest bits uh, will be any nasty stuff that uh, both these companies usually manage to keep under wraps um, that juries are going to demand to see in order to make their decision. So we're still waiting on that. We might actually find out what goes in uh, Bud Light besides uh, Clydesdale piss. Um in general, it doesn't change much. The definition of seltzer, from a legal standpoint, hasn't changed at least. Now, whether a decision uh, the other direction would have left governments to, from the top down having to scramble to define seltzer and tax it and all that shit, that's beyond my legal pay grade, which is only slightly below the court janitorial staff. Um, <laughs> but there's more to come. Um, and there's another lawsuit in the works. Uh, Modelo apparently makes a tequila and bourbon barrel aged version of Modelo. The problem with that is that Constellation is only, a sell to, is allowed, only allowed to sell Mexican-style beer, which apparently doesn't cover barrel aging. Good luck, AB! They're basically now the worst pedantic beer geek, even worse than me, pushing up his glasses and saying, well, actually, if you look at the history of Mexican beer, if you look at the historical definition of tequila, I think you will find that blah, 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 blah. They are pulling this shit in front of a judge, and they are failing. Tyler... Oh, I, this I, is like the ultimate like circle of life <laughs> of AB InBev for us. Oh, they God. went from making fun of beer geeks to being one and not being successful at either. Uh, I I, uh, I, 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 I am enjoying this uh, um, so much uh, that I'm having a hard time uh, putting it into words. So... <laughs> I'm having to resort to the power of song. There was a company, maybe in Bev, they were number one top dog. They brewed the hard way with rice, not with corn. The masses chanted dilly dilly with the Bud Light night. And that's about when they done fucked up. Oh, AB and Bev, they done fucked up. AB and Bev, they done fucked up. They jammed it in their puckered rear. That's what done did brought us here. AB and Bev, they done fucked up. They bought Bud, Bud, Wiser, Corona, Victoria, Modelo, Labatt, Blue. Bex, Bottenhoe, Garden, Stella, St. Pauli's, Lefe, too. Goose, Allenton, Barrel, Elysium, Blue Point, Gold, Brown, Platform, and many more. But profits fell and you realized you fucked up. Oh, AB and Bev, you done fucked up. AB and Bev, you done fucked up. You shoved it up your brown, that's when it all went down. Oh, AB and Bev, you done fucked up. Seltzer became a mighty force, and you wanted your piece, of course, but you bought too much, and now you are screwed. You're trying to sell the difference between beer and seltzer while peddling your fizzy water. AB and Bev, you done fucked up. Everybody now! AB and Bev, you done fucked up. AB and Bev, you done fucked up. You slid it up your wrinkled taint, the king of beers, you know you ain't. AB and Bev, you done fucked up. One more time! AB and Bev, you done fucked up. 
Avi and Bev, you done fucked up. You slid it up, your wrinkle taint, the king of beers, you know you ain't. Avi and Bev, you done fucked up. Cleveland! <laughs> Please send your cease and desist. Give... <laughs> Please send your cease and desist to itsallbeer at gmail.com. I will give that song, and I feel we should record it in an actual studio and, like, release it on Spotify. Uh, I don't even think about Spotify. I was going to record it by itself and release it on all of our social medias. But, yeah, I should put it on Spotify, too. Yeah. Uh, but I think the reason I'd have to give that song a 9 out of 10, I don't think they own Labatt Blue. They do. I think... Are you sure? I it's it's on the Wikipedia page for uh, uh, for um, for uh, uh, AB InBev brands. I thought Molson Chorus owned that. I have to go look. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to make it a make a slight adjustment to it. I'll call it artistic license. I wrote it. I wrote it half in the bag in a span of two hours last night. What do you want from me? <laughs> Fair I, enough. <laughs> no, AB InBev owns it, so. <laughs> I thought, okay. <laughs> I mean, good on you. Nice. <laughs> uh, Tyler, what do you have got? What do you got for us? Well, I don't think I can top the song, but I'm still just trying to cope with that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it when I do something uh, just kind of stupid that I just d- derail you for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, we got some buyout news right now. Uh, This is an article from JustDrinks.com. Sierra Nevada is getting into the energy drinks space by acquiring the good-for-you energy drink company, Riot Energy. God, I hope they do better with that than they do with Corona. Or not Corona, uh, uh, kombucha. Have you tried Uh, the Sierra Nevada kombucha? The hard kombucha? No, I don't like any kombucha, so okay. it, all, it was, the smell of vinegar just fucking turns me off. Uh, I, I, when, I was, uh, when I was sharing a space with a guy who brewed it, I sort of kind of came to... Eh, it wasn't still my go-to, but it was. It, I, I came to like it on some level. Um, that tastes like uh, tires and garbage. Mm. Well, the thing that got me is the better-for-you energy drink... I'm like, there's no such thing as a fucking better for you energy drink. Like, it's like a better for that you is beer. Like, <laughs> yeah. When companies try to do that, I'm like, you're slinging bullshit. Well, so this will see uh, Sierra Nevada acquire a minority stake in Riot Energy uh, as an in part of an effort to improve their beyond beer portfolio, basically. <laughs> They're building a 85,000 square foot can-do innovation center to produce and package products outside of conventional beer, including the hard kombucha, their hop water, and their non-alcoholic beers. And soon they'll be looping the Riot Energy in there as well. Uh, They said, the CEO of Sierra, Jeff White, said, 
Riot Energy differentiated itself with high quality and great ingredients younger audiences are seeking. I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> Riot Energy was founded in 2016. I had seen it around, never tried it. Yeah, and when I saw this, I was like, huh, maybe I should try this. Probably won't, but maybe I should. I mean, all energy drinks, I, 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 I relied on them way too much when I was traveling across the country. Um, and so all energy drinks, t- uh, 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 to me, taste like um, a, a night of bad decisions, and I have to get a thousand miles and not die. <laughs> And but and citrus, a little bit of citrus. Yep, uh, they have a couple flavors: strawberry lemonade and citrus <laughs> lime. Uh, they each contain 160 milligrams of caffeine per 16 ounce can, which seems kind of low. Oh, keep talking. I'm gonna look up the look up the uh, uh, the comparable to like a cup of coffee. Um, but. It makes sense why they're trying to do it because the energy drink category is taking off, especially in white males, basically 18 to 35. So the fucking generation that craft beer needs the target to stay relevant the next 20, 30 years. Uh, According to global data, the category was worth about $24.7 billion in the U.S. in 2022 and it's forecasted to reach thirty-two billion by twenty twenty-seven. Um, um, for the record, um, uh, 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 one cup of eight ounce, uh, an eight-ounce cup of coffee contains ninety-five milligrams of caffeine. So two to get up to sixteen would be higher caffeine than this Riot Energy. Correct. It, the, uh, we're talking about amount of pow- amount of caffeine per. Um, uh, per ounce of liquid, yeah, ca- coffee's still higher and better. P- yeah. Probably better for you. Yeah, pro- probably way better for you. But the deal of it, or the specifics of the deal, I haven't been able to find yet. But just know they're buying in a minority investment. I don't know how much. And I don't know if we'll ever see that because neither company is a publicly traded company. Um, but to give you a little bit of idea, Keurig Dr. Pepper uh, partnered with uh, the makers of of C4 uh, Neutral Bolt uh, for 30% investment at uh, about $863 million dollars. Uh, in August of 2022, PepsiCo spent $550 million to acquire 8.5% stake in Celsius, which is a basically sparkling water with caffeine company. I've never heard of any of these. How much fucking now energy drinks are there? I mean, I know I'm past my energy drink years. I've made peace with that. But I've heard of I've heard of C4, never had it. I've heard I know C4, of yeah. I don't know. I've, Celsius. I've seen C- uh, I've heard of Celsius and I've tried it because we tried it when Christina couldn't have coffee for a little while. Was that when she was pregnant? Because I think it's not coffee, it's caffeine, and that doesn't help. No, it was uh, when she was breastfeeding and ah. the acidicness of the coffee gave the baby acid reflux. Cold, uh, cold brew, man. 
too high in caffeine. Son of a bitch. Yep. So it was a fine line. We had to walk for like two months. <laughs> so that's so kind of you that you were you were participating in that because my my uh, 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 my shameful. Uh, 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 oh no! I was still slamming coffee like a drug oh, queen okay. <laughs> trucker. I just didn't do it in her presence to help support her. That is absolute bullshit. <laughs> hi, Christina. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Jeremy says hi. Uh... <laughs> oh, this is the best episode ever. We got a song and Tyler got his ass called out on <laughs> live on air. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was more saying that was bullshit that she had to give up coffee. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the way it, it sounded like, oh, no, no, you were a, you were a complete asshole. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that I, could probably be it, too. <laughs> my, uh, 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 people ask, uh, did you give up alcohol and coffee uh, while your wife was pregnant? And I'm like, and be, Fuck no! and be stuck sober with a pregnant woman? I, I no. It was during. Well, the- also, both of us work in the beer industry. I'm like, I'm not giving up like my main social, like, conversation of just drinking over, chatting over a beer while I'm working. Because <laughs> we discussed this a couple podcasts ago. I really only drink when I work. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly common in the industry. Uh, well, Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, it turns out what they really wanted was fucking soda news now. Uh, Voodoo Ranger. Um, I assume you've heard of the brand. Um, in certain circles, it's kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> well, this week, uh, they've announced their next product uh, in, uh, instead of uh, the juice of a super juicy juice, hopped juice, hazy juice bomb. They're going to give the customers what they really want, and the answer might surprise you. Uh, this comes from Vine Pair by Nicolette Baker. Uh, New Belgium has just released a limited lineup of hard juices. I know! I was shocked, too. Uh, <laughs> well, New Belgium used to do like a, almost like a hard like grapefruit soda, I feel. I do not remember that. It must have uh, been a And huge... I can't... Because it was in this market, and I remember seeing it, but now I... Hold on. Let me look it up while okay. you're going. Um, described as lightly carbonated juices uh, are going to come in three flavors to start. Passion fruit lime, strawberry guava, passion fruit mango orange. New Belgium describes these products as geared towards drinkers who are, quote, seeking a full flavor fruit forward alcoholic beverage that doesn't sacrifice refreshment by adding flavor. Which is a very, very nice way of saying people who like the general effects of booze, but literally nothing else about it. Also, those who are too dumb to figure out how that they can pour vodka into a bottle of ocean spray at a quarter of the price, but smart enough to not have learned that fact in a trailer park. Um, be- <laughs> because if there's one thing that the Mike's Hard Lemonade commercials in the late 90s and early aughts taught me, it's if you just use the language of a deeply closeted gay dude in the gym, then guys will feel okay about swilling your sugar booze like a gr- group of underage girls that just found their mother's hidden stash of bottles and James during a sleepover. Um, listen. So, they did the Dominga, it was a sour ale. They had a mimosa and a paloma sour ale. Kind of like one of the 
kind of the early uh, like cocktail inspired sours. I I think. Yes. I don't think I have. So that's what I was thinking of. Gotcha. Um, uh, Listen, I've been a fan of Voodoo Rangers since the sheer power of their marketing became undeniable. Uh, I'm. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't like them. I don't buy them. IP, the IPAs are good. They're drinkable. I haven't had one in a few years. Um, but I feel like this is a misstep. Listen, those who like beer and those who like sugar booze, they're totally different markets. The hazy IPA, the hazy IPA has done, has done a remarkable job at bringing together two, the two extremes of this dichotomy. Like if you get the most insufferable haze bro, and the guy who basically pours rum in his fruity pebbles, they will probably find common ground in the hazy IPA. But that is, at best, a temporary truce. Given enough time, you got to follow the one side or the other, and I feel like New Belgian is falling over into the sugar booze camp, and it's going to drag the whole Voodoo Ranger line down with it. Well, I mean, the last fucking Voodoo Ranger I saw was their fruit force that everyone I've talked to said tasted just like fucking fruit punch. I mean, I, I think that was kind of what my point, that was my opening joke was, like the fruity fruit, hop fro- fruit, fruity yeah. fruit fruit. <laughs> it's like, just just make juice. Just, well, it was, I, right when the, um, right when the New England, um, uh, Cra- New England hazy IPA craze started. I remember. I don't remember who it was. But somebody posted uh, a cheeky little picture on. Um, I think on Facebook. Um, um, you know, stop the picture. I got. I got one of those brand new. Uh, I got one of those brand new IPAs. Um, I've never heard about this brewery before, and it was a bottle of Ocean Spray grapefruit juice. <laughs> uh, I think I remember seeing that. <laughs> it was. It was. It was very cheeky. Um, I don't know. I feel like at the moment, Voodoo Ranger has some very real craft cred. I mean, literally look at every other brewery trying to keep up. I mean, fucking Widmere just released a 19-2 Imperial Hefeweizen for the love of sweet Saint fuck. Widmere has a 19-2 of Imperial Hefeweizen. And it's not bad. Why? And it's not bad. I actually, we, 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 we grabbed a case because I figure like, that's just dumb enough to sell one case of. And, yeah, and then you'll have one customer being like, "You gonna get any more of that in?" Uh, I might got to get more of it. The, the the high octane nineteen twos have out of nowhere started killing it at at our shop. It, it was not it's not hitherto been the market for it. I don't understand it. I'm just gonna be a good capitalist and sell it until it stops selling. Um, my point it's is because they want to get fucked up quick. And cheap. The, 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 this is also. I mean, the the economics are very much in play here. Um, uh, 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 my customers are uh, a good deal of them are. Uh, how do I say this um, in a nice way? Cheap as fuck. Of the bastards. Hebrew of the Hebrew <laughs> persuasion. I was going to say cheap as fuck old bastards. I don't think most of them would argue with that. That point dealer. <laughs> um. So the price point definitely matters. My point is, is that, I mean, we're, we're dipping into a whole sugar booze line. I feel like they might be losing the plot here and ceding some very important ground. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I guess only time will tell. Tyler, what do you got? I, oh, do you guys? Th- w- one final thing on that. Okay. Uh, I think there is still that overlap of craft beer and hard seltzer that this sugar booze 
won't negatively affect them too much. But seltzer and sugar booze are different, and I don't care if I have to go to a lo- uh, defend that in front of a jury. I mean, seltzer <laughs> and fucking Kool- alcoholic Kool-Aid, they hit a different market too. I mean, seltzer also kind of bridges that gap. You're going to you're you're going you, you got the you got the uh uh you got the cheerleaders who will, will dabble in seltzer and basically like fruit juice, and you got the 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 beer crowd who occasionally like uh, the, the the light you know, refreshingness of a hard seltzer. There's also a, an easy truce, but you got to fall on one side or the other. I bet it doesn't affect them too much, and if anything, it makes them relevant to younger kids. That's just sad and alarming. Tyler, what do you got for us? Well, we're going to talk about a new trend, or a potential new trend that Southern Tier is trying to do, where it's a no-boil beer uh, to make a more sustainable and hazy IPA. And... All I can think of is the Jeff Goldblum monologue where he's like, your scientists never stopped to think. They were so focused on thinking whether they could, they never stopped to think whether they should. And this is that... I have so many fucking problems with this. Like, no, part of... You're just making a fucking sour mash if you're not fucking boiling the beer. But that is going. That, I mean, my the first thing I thought of was Jesus. You're going to be DMS'd to fuck. But I didn't even think about that aspect. Oh yeah, lactobacillus. Well, I, mean, I guess you pasteurize it to get rid of lactobacillus, would you not? Yes. So we'll we'll hop into the details here in a second. Okay. But they just released their new haze. So N U H A Z E I P A. You spelled um, that wrong. Yeah, well, apparently they can't spell as well as brew a beer. Uh, <laughs> Southern Tier, I always liked their stuff that 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 brief period. Well, all we got was the pumpkin beers, but they were. But yeah, I mean, I'm on record as liking me a pumpkin beer. I mean, they make some of the best pumpkin beers. I will give them that. Uh, again, another abomination. But <laughs> that's their. Th- so I guess what you're you're arguing yourself into is that's their thing. They made they make what should not exist. Very on brand so, for them. For those of you going, why is this such a big deal? Uh, the boil serves a couple purposes in the brewing process. One is to kill any microorganisms that were on the grain or on the hops or anything like that. And basically sterilize the beer so when you add the yeast, you have a controlled environment. So you only have the bacteria and yeast that you want in there eating what you have. Um, The other thing is extracting uh, the alpha acids out of the hops to extract some bitterness to counterbalance some of the sweetness. Not as necessary in a hazy IPA or or some other styles like a Goza or... Arguably detrimental a, in a hazy anymore. Yep. But one thing they brought up is uh, boiling the war is the most energy-intensive part of the process, and the amount of CO2 that is emitted from boiling one 10-barrel batch of beer at a commercial scale is roughly... The same amount as taking a four-hour road trip in a standard passenger vehicle. 
Okay. Um, I. That's not terrible. I mean, a four or a four-hour road trip, or I guess uh, uh, some people's uh, commute over two days. Yeah, uh, they had, and I'm trying to see if I can find it, like the breakdown of like how much CO2 it's put off. Uh, where like the average, yes. So the average American household uses about 175 cubic feet of natural gas. On a daily basis, a boil um, for a ten barrel batch uh, accounts for about 139 cubic feet of natural gas per hectoliter. So, to boil one hectoliter or 26 gallons of beer, it takes 139 cubic feet of natural gas. Okay, that's a lot. I mean, what, yep. but, but you're talking about, I mean, when you're, ta- and we're talking about when you're saying like a commercial brewery, we're talking about, you know, getting, what are we talking about? Like seven barrels, 30 barrels. So Southern Tier, by not boiling one batch of wort, they save about 4,000 cubic feet of natural gas per batch. I mean, that makes sense. You're getting, you're talking about a large amount of liquid going from essentially room temperature or below to a boil. So, yeah. Yep. But on the flip side, if you're, so you can just flat out skip this if you would like, but then it poses problems. If you're a home brewer, you can skip it. And it's not going to be as big of a deal because you can more, control the situations that beer is in after fermentation is finished. Now for a commercial brewery, little less control you have. So what they decided to do was how can we reduce our impact as well as make a shelf stable beer. So they decided they would bring it up to 185 degrees Fahrenheit to effectively pasteurize the wort and not have to get it to the full 210 or 212, depending where you're at in elevation, to get to a nice rolling boil for at least an hour. So they bring it up to 185 for 15 minutes to pasteurize anything that is in there, and then we'll bring it down up. By doing that, they also really get a lot thicker of a mouthfeel because the skipping the boil leaves more of the protein in the beer. So you get a chewier, thicker mouthfeel, which people are more apt to have on that hazy IPA. I mean, it makes sense for that style. I'm still, I'm like, how do you deal with DMS? Yeah. I, <laughs> and you, I mean, yeah, I'm like, you can't use any fucking pills in malt. I mean, well, I, I mean, there's a, there's a weird dichotomy I know to uh, a DMS and that is, I mean, some DMS is created, you know, in the boil, right? Which is why mm-hmm. you don't want to cover uh, your, uh, you know, cover your, um, uh, your beer when you're, when it's boiling. Um, Cause the, 
DMS is that that heat is creating that DMS, and that's also why you don't want to cover it and you want to cool it down fast because your beer is the the longer your beer is sitting at a high temperature, the more DMS it's actually creating, um, and so you stop that um, you stop that process once it cooled cools down. So perhaps the answer is. I mean, first of all, number one, yeah, you don't want to use any pills in malt, and number two, um, you're not creating the DM. You're you're not creating the DMS that's not already present. Yeah, but I'm like, you're still. I I really want to try this beer. So if anyone listening has access to this beer in one of the 30 states Southern Tier distributes to, I would love send it to us. I would love to try this because. I just can't think a no-boil beer is going to be a quality beer, no infections, at a good flavor consistently. Um, If you uh, do send Tyler that beer, uh, I will write a song about it. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That'll guarantee we never get it, ever. (laughs) But I was like, please don't let this be a new trend breweries start grabbing. Like I'm all for, if you want to try to reduce your carbon footprint impact and drop solar panels or wind fucking power to, and do an electric boil kettle so you can fucking reduce your impact that way. I'm all for it. I think there should be more grants to do it. Let's fucking do it. But if you're going to say our answer to reducing our impact is to not boil as many beers Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, no boil hazy IPAs, style that should or should not exist. Uh, I'd rather see slushy s- sours on every shelf in America, Holy stored shit. warm, than see this become mainstream. There's some real hate on. I mean, the, you, I there's like me and Post Malone like a level of hate going on here. Because you know what will fucking happen if this takes off with hazy IPAs? Someone's going to do a fucking slushy sour with no boil, and then that bitch is just going to fucking crater at grocery store. <laughs> I feel like that, finally, that might actually kill the, uh, uh, the, 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 the slushy sour beer. No, because the brewery would be like, well, we told you not to store our warm. <laughs> just this gigantic it gaping crater. It said on the label. The population covered in, covered in like basically jam and, and people going like, well, it's, a, it's really tasty. We really like it. We don't really care if it like dem- demolished an entire street corner. We just really like it. Four stars out of five because it killed my cousin. Wasn't the biggest fan of that cousin. But. Uh, yeah. No. I'm like. They would be like, well, see, officer, on the label we put, drink now, keep cold. Uh, So we're not responsible. That's all the customer. (laughs) Well, Jeremy, do you have something better? Uh, Guinness makes the fuck all news now. Um, If you're like me, um, this is the one time of the year you even bother with Ireland's national drink because, well... Now that you've experienced a wide range of styles, um, Guinness uh, Guinness has a taste that can best be described as burnt chalk and water and doesn't have the appeal it once did. Um, 
Um, that's actually what I'm drinking now. And I, when I wrote this description having not had a Guinness in about a year. And after I, I took a drink, I'm like, yep, burnt chalk and water. Um, even if you're, even if, if you're even more like me, the only reason you buy it at all, the only reason I had it in my house is I'm going to make Guinness stew or shepherd's pie. Um, and nobody is not nice enough to sell just a single can of Guinness. Um, <clears throat> but that is what Guinness is known for. But you might be surprised to learn uh, that Guinness, uh, even before they're open, long before they open their spot in Baltimore or uh, anything else, has a surprisingly robust portfolio. Uh, this comes from the Tasting Table by Grayson Ferguson. Um, they rated a bunch of Guinness beers that were that are or were out in the world at some point in time. Some of them available in the U.S., some of them not. Um, some of them widely available, some of them not. Um, but uh, here's the expanded list of all things Guinness um, from worst to best. Um, number uh, number one, uh, the Guinness Nitro. So is this best or worst? This is worst. This is worst. We're going to go from worst yeah. to best. Uh, Guinness Nitro IPA. Remember that uh, time a few years yeah. back when breweries yeah. like literally put everything on Nitro? We didn't know it at the time, but we were basically groping in the dark trying to find our way to hazy IPA. Um, we didn't know it at the time. We were we was like, well, we like IPA, but could it be like super sweet and like not bitter? Um, Smooth and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, well, it turns out uh, Guinness like looked at American craft beers and viewing all their beers with nitro and Guinness said, Fuck, we can do that. That's that's what we do. We literally invented that. Um, and so they <laughs> did it. And it was terrible. The thing is, is that Nitro doesn't do much for a good IPA. Um, and a half-assed one uh, brewed by a conglomerate that kind of doesn't give a shit. Um, it hit the market. It flopped. Good riddance. <clears throat> the next one on the list. Guinness Zero. Um, I actually have heard good things about this one. I haven't tried it. Um, it reportedly tastes just like Guinness, which is, um, I guess, best described as scorched air. If you could scorch air somehow. Um, so anyway, so what are you missing? Well, um, uh, more proof that Guinness is chasing trends like uh, a dog after a car. Wouldn't know what to do with it if it caught it anyway. Uh, the article claims that it has even less flavor than the normal Guinness. And there's not much they Damn. can do about that because... It has no alcohol, so um, they they kind of tip their hats said kudos for trying to create a uh, a, a non alcoholic version of a, a stout. But the thing is, is, I've noticed that like non alcoholic dark beers, it's easier to hide the the lack of alcohol. So yeah, I, I'd be curious to trying that. I feel like this person writing the article may have just like bashed on it because that was easy to bash on. Um, I I. It, it, I I disagree with a lot of the, the a lot of what this guy says, but you know what? It's it's fine. Next one on the list: uh, Guinness Hop House Thirteen. You'll have to the go to fuck is that? You'll have to go to Ireland to try this one, as it's an experimental beer that is only available at the Guinness Pub in Dublin. Um, the article describes it as basically a lager, but made with I like made like an IPA. Crisp, clean, and flavorful. IPL! <laughs> Crisp, clean, oh, sorry, cold IPA! <laughs> Crisp, clean flavor with a touch of peach and a little bit of pine. If you want to try it but can't really uh, book a flight to Dublin right now, uh, Ferguson suggests the Firestone Walker Pivo. It basically tastes just like that. 
and you're knocking it that far, like that was my reaction. Like, not a bad beer. That's that's kind of my reaction. I'm like, that sounds a lot better than actually the next one coming up. The next one on the list is Harp Lager. You know it. The only time oh. you the only time you really think about it is on St. Patty's Day when you're reminded, oh yeah, Guinness has a lager. Um, it's a lager uh, introduced back in the '60s when even Irish beer drinkers were sipping Guinness and going, oh, "It's good, but it's a wee bit too heavy." Um, it's a lager. <laughs> it's slightly it's slightly drier in taste because it doesn't use any adjuncts like corn or rice. Uh, it says that it. Uh, uh, the article uh, says that it's commonly used to make a black and tan, and that is, I can't stress this enough, fucking wrong. You use bass to make a black and tan. Black and tans refer to the quasi-military police force fighting against the IRA in the 1920s. I'm not going to go that deep into the history for any number of reasons, but the important thing to know is it was a largely improvised group made up of both British and Irish soldiers, hence Guinness and bass. Get your fucking history right, tasting table. This is embarrassing. Um, and the loggers, it's, it's, it's a fucking logger. <laughs> wow. Passionate on that one. Uh, <laughs> I know my Irish history. What? Um, Guinness black lager. Um, if you can't just be bothered to open up two beers for a classic, uh, black and tan, uh, never fear. Guinness made a black lager, which is, uh, which the article describes as, uh, basically a black and tan in a bottle. Um, Okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it describes it as like a slightly burnt English biscuit with a dab of marmalade. Uh, apparently that was, but that, apparently that was a positive. I think. It's, <laughs> uh, the way he worded it made that sound pleasant, but I'm like that. That sounds that sounds like a accident at Paddington's house. Um, <laughs> all right, now we're getting into the to, to the ones I think have, are, are genuinely good and. Only a couple of I've, I've, I've actually tried. The Guinness West Indies Porter. Um, Ooh. Have you have you tried it or just know of it or just that just sounds good? That sounds good. It sounds different. And I'd give it a whirl. Um, I really want to try this too. This is just one of a, this is a, one of a couple beers that was born in a time before refrigeration. And this one... Um, it's for the tropical nations, Jamaica, Malaysia, some parts of Africa. Um, it's this kind of elusive style known as the tropical stout. It's made using yeah. local ingredients with added sweetness for local tastes. It's described as tasting like a carbonated version of Guinness with a touch of sugarcane water uh, with, a, with a hue that's closer to like an Irish red. Uh, okay. A little, little, little extra strength but uh, and, and a lot sweeter. So when my wife was down in Belize for a school trip, she had the Belize Brewing Tropical Stout and, like, raved on it. She's like, it was, like, everything I wanted from a stout, but light enough that I could drink when it's 100 degrees outside. I, I've i only tried brewing a, a, I tried brewing a tropical stout once. I tried using coconut sugar or palm sugar to... Uh, <coughs> to uh, uh, round out the flavors. I couldn't. What I what I what I failed to do yet is make a beer that's light enough uh, to like really drink on in hot weather. Because I brewed that right before mm-hmm. last summer, and I'd roll it out. You know, uh, when it was a hundred degrees outside, like okay, this is my tropical stout. It should be drinkable in hot weather. And nope, nope, it's just not what I want right now. 
so she was going to bring me uh, a bottle back and then ended up drinking it, which I can't <laughs> can't knock her. I'm like, been there. Uh, but she <laughs> did that. bring me. You've done that on this podcast before. Like, I was going to bring you some beer, but I drank it. <laughs> yep. Uh, did uh, bring me back some cacao wine made from the cacao plant. That was fucking awesome. So, uh, okay, uh, which cacao. I know they did cacao in that stout. All right. I was thinking, when I think cacao, I'm like, what, cocaine? Oh, no, wait, different plant. Yep. Close, what, but no cigar. I wonder if you can make beer out of that. I should try that. Um, Guinness Special. In- I'm in. Sorry, I jumped ahead. The Guinness Foreign Extra Stout. Uh, brewed to survive a long ocean trip. Brewed at 7.5% alcohol with a bunch of added hops. Um, and even dry hopped in the cask originally. I've not had this beer either, but I'd love to find it because it sounds like a much more intense, flavorful version of Guinness all the way around. Uh, it's described as a noticeably bitter black ale with burnt chocolate caramel sweetness um, that might be in too I intense. I feel for... like they you didn't they used to send that to the states. Uh, I, I think a lot of these are available in some parts of the United States, just not backwaters like where we live. No, I feel like I saw that I think at you're, Albertsons. You a might be thinking the ago. extra stout. We're getting to that. This is the foreign extra uh, stout. There, there's the extra stout. And I, a... I could have swore I saw the foreign extra stout it when I was be, in college. It might be available. I don't know. I mean, uh, some of the, this one I think was available in the United States. I have, I've never tried it, but uh, I'll give it a shot. Um, um, uh, and that's actually the next one on the list is the 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 the, uh, the only one I've had in recent memory. The Guinness Extra Stout. Uh, compared uh, to a lot of craft beer out there. Um, uh, uh, it's quite light uh, with a robust caramel flavor, a dry finish. Described in this article, uh, actually it's more of a porter uh, and even marketed as such uh, back in the day. Um, okay. Stout and porter pretty close together. Uh, go either way, but it did explain a lot because um, I remember uh, being dumbass kids uh, when we first uh, uh, got this. We were big fans of Guinness because... I said dumbass kids. Why do I have to explain it? Um, and we found Guinness Extra Stout. We're like, oh my God, it's an even bigger version of Guinness. It's going to be amazing. And it was, yeah. <laughs> and I think it, I think it, I think the BJCP uh, uh, calls it a, a foreign extra stout. But I, Porter might be a better description for it because it's not quite black. It's like dark brown, uh, uh, roasty bite. Touch of caramel, uh, clean finish. Porter might be better. Probably. Um, all right, this one. This is one I really got to try. The Guinness Special Import. Um, what would happen if the Belgians got their hands on Guinness? Apparently, they did shortly after World War II. Apparently, it's out in the world somewhere, and I desperately want some. Described as have uh, described as being a Belgian double characteristic with that burnt Guinness flavor. It's eight percent, which leave it to the Belgians to fucking brew a traditional stout. Uh, 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 you know, and that, well, to, to brew a beer that puts a traditional Irish stout in its place. Um, what what was it called again? Uh, the um, uh, Guinness Special Import. Um, but yeah, it's basically, it's basically a beefy, a, a, a bigger version of, um, 
of uh, the Guinness Stout, um, fermented with uh, Belgian yeast, um, dry with that like robust like earthy flavor. Belgian or er, Guinness Special Export, not import. Okay, I prob- that was probably an autocorrect. Did you f- I'm trying to f- see if I can buy it somewhere online. Okay, <laughs> you're like uh, you're a man on a mission. Um, uh, Found it and. Uh, gotta try to convert it to freedom units real quick. Hold on. <laughs> uh, but uh, while you're doing that, um, the next on the list is the beer in my hand. It's the classic Guinness. Um, it's second place. I feel purely out of tradition. Um, I've come to realize there's not much to Guinness. Uh, uh, um, uh, as I've, I think I've made totally clear by taking at least two good shots at its flavor. Um, but the article gives, uh, in its due respect, mostly out of deference to its uh, being the original user of nitrogen uh, in a beer. And not only that, uh, using uh, using technology to deliver a nitrogenated beer um, in the can, which really was a breakthrough. Let's not discount that. Even today, you get... You, uh, um, breweries using nitrogen. It just it it it's close, but it's not as good. Um, even uh, even now, as I open up the can, the the little widget goes off. The whole thing just gets gets uh, immediately filled with nitrogen. You get this really nice big foamy head. You pour it into a glass. The 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 uh, uh, you know the it has a really nice presentation. The bubbles cascade down. You have a nice frothy head. It looks beautiful the only thing wrong with it is at the end of all that uh you 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 drink a guinness uh so at least according i don't know what the shipping would be but it's on belgianshop.com if i want the belgian the guinness special export stout it is eight dollars and 63 cents for a third of a liter bottle. Okay. Right. Eight, eight, 863 euro. So like $9 Uh-oh. a fucking 12 ounce bottle, basically. <laughs> oh, we gotta, we're gonna wrap it up soon. The kiddos here. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the last one on the list. Oh, the kids got the guitar. Um, the last one on the list is a uh, nitro cold brewed coffee, which is the top, the one they top the list with. Um, All right. Uh, they, I mean, the w- reason they said that, that like that one is what, everyone rolled out their hard coffee. Uh, Guinness dutifully did. I haven't had it, but apparently it's surprisingly good. Uh, good enough that the author decided to top the list with it. They were struck by how authentic it tasted. No lactose, no weird added sweetness. Just a nice, smooth coffee taste blended with beer and with a smooth nitro body. So um, uh, it... it uh, took the number one. I don't know if it's still available. Wouldn't mind trying that either. Probably easier to get uh, get a hold of than tr- shipping a beer from Belgium. And yeah. Overall, for me, um, you know, I've given Guinness a lot of shit. Um, you know, and but I've, I've, after doing a few uh, um, um, stories about uh, Guinness and their uh, sometimes, shall we say, uh, quixotic uh, forays into craft beer. <laughs> sometimes it sometimes feels like an old dude putting the affectations of the young in a desperate attempt to stay relevant. But (laughs) 
but they're so persistent at it that I've come to maybe think maybe they're the old dude who's still interested, engaged, and is constantly trying new things, which is, I think, to be expected, respected and admired on some level, um, or at least perceived from the outside. It's like, good on you, Guinness. You, you, you keep trying. You're, you're a brand that's been around for hundreds of years, and you're still throwing hops in weird shit, uh, letting Belgians fuck with your beer, uh, uh, and trying to brew beer that no longer needs to be shipped overseas, but you, you, you pretend it is anyway. So, uh, uh, Guinness, uh, happy St. Patty's Day to you. The one, the, the one day a year where people actually drink it. Yep, and the one day a year, you're the most relevant brand in alcohol. <laughs> Even more than Jameson, so. Uh, Tyler, anything else for us today? Uh, that's, that does it for me, except Idaho State ABC's deciding to uh, try to enforce just random stupid laws on the books instead of going after bigger things that are more relevant to the industry but i'm just gonna leave it at that so i feel like uh, our uh, our alcohol control uh, uh the alcohol uh legislation uh, the enforcement board uh they just get fucking bored and they just flip open the rule book and go that law need let's, to justify a fucking paycheck let's 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 enforce that law this week and they just all go out they enforce that law and they're like okay good for the year good for the year okay um fuck you abc fuck you in your ass um, there I said it. <clears throat> I, I expect to see an agent any, any, any day now. Uh, this has been uh, It's All Beer. Um, if you uh, uh, enjoyed this podcast, uh, you, can, you can get a hold of us. Uh, uh, that song is going to be on, on, on all of our social media when I have a chance to record it on our Twitter, on our Instagram, on Facebook. You can find it uh, It's All Beer, except for on Twitter. We're at all, It's All Beer 1. Uh, if you want to uh, beg me to never write another song again, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. Also, AB and Biff, that's where you send your cease and desist. Uh, and if you uh, and if you're enjoying this podcast, I want carrier pigeon for the cease and desist. So, and if you're enjoying this podcast, you can leave a review on Facebook, uh, on iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that's always fun. We I haven't checked it in a while. Should see, see if we got the rating. Uh, I don't check it as much as I used to because. Um, I, I don't know. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep doing these. Whether people anybody at some point in time, it's just gonna be me and Tyler talking to each other in an old folks' home, and um, and that's gonna be logical under this podcast. But I think that'll be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Happy St. Patty's Day. Uh, we're, Have fun. Uh, we're, are we off next week? We're off next week, aren't we? We're off next. Okay, week. Okay, we're off next week. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have fun. <laughs>